Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin wa salatu wassalamu ala rasulullah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Subhanallah we find ourselves making our way into the third week of Ramadan. So now we're capping out two weeks and we're about to begin the the third week subhanallah. So we ask Allah to accept our efforts, we ask Allah to overlook our shortcomings and we ask Allah to help us to keep doing our best as much as we possibly can within whatever remains in this month, Amni Rabbil Alameen. Tonight we make our way to just 14, which consists of Surah Al-Hijr, Surah 15, and Surah Al-Nahl, Surah 16. And in the few moments that I have, I want to highlight three points specifically that we find within this juz. The first one, at the beginning of Surah Al-Hijr in Ayah 9, Allah mentions the the fact of the preservation of the Qur'an. إِنَّا نَحْنُ نَزَّلْنَا ذِكْرَ وَإِنَّا لَهُ لَحَافِظُونَ Allah makes it very clear that this Qur'an is absolutely protected. And one of the reasons why I want to touch upon this, albeit briefly, is because a lot of our youth have a lot of questions, how do we know the Qur'an is preserved? So even if this ayah is saying that, how do we know that? And this question is coming from a very sincere place, so the idea is for us to engage with our kids, with our youth in that topic, in that conversation. And what's beautiful about our deen, and this includes this topic, the more you look into it, the further you look into it, the more solid your iman becomes, the stronger it becomes, because the more it makes sense, the more things come together as opposed to the opposite. It's, it's definitely a big topic, but if we take it little by little in piecemeal, and if we, for a very basic example, if we show them pictures of the oldest remains that we have of the Qur'an in written form, and you can point out the same words that are there that you have in the same Mus'haf now. So when you factor in carbon dating and you know, all of these fancy technological things, it scientifically proves that this tangible record is from way back then from over a thousand years ago. And that's saying the same it's the same, the same exact words as what you have now. And it, it, what should happen is that it should send shivers down our spine in a positive way. That, wow, this is incredible, subhanAllah, this really is a timeless book. This has really been preserved completely between then and now. The second point that I want to touch upon also in Surah Al-Hijr, Allah mentions These two verses, these two back-to-back ayat, they're very short and concise, but there's a lot of depth contained within them, including when you look at the format, what is mentioned first and what is mentioned second. What's mentioned first here, Allah is saying, to deliver this great news that's very relevant to each and every one of us. Allah is telling the Prophet ﷺ to convey on his behalf this really important news to us, to the servants of Allah Azza wa Rahim. There is no doubt that I am, that I am the forgiving, the merciful. This is always option one with Allah Azza wa and this, this gives us a formula for how we should teach not only each other about Islam, but especially our kids and our youth about Islam. 
Step one is always to point towards mercy and forgiveness and love and kindness and generosity. After all, that is how Allah Azza wa Jal talks about Himself. That is the main attribute of Allah Azza wa Jal that He emphasizes Himself about Himself in the Quran is Ar-Rahman. Is that He's the most merciful? That's always the default option. And it's important for us to, to cultivate and to nourish the understanding that our kids have regarding who Allah is, especially from a young age, because as they grow up and they grow up with this beautiful understanding of Allah being so merciful and kind and, and, and loving and forgiving, there's no doubt there's another side where Allah is the most powerful, the most just, but option one is always these beautiful Jamali attributes. The mercy, the kindness, the love, the, the forgiveness. And we find that when we look at these two very short ayat, but there's a lot that we can derive from it. And what if someone, if they're too arrogant to care about Allah's mercy? What if they're too arrogant to apologize to their spouse after they wrong them? What if they're too arrogant to apologize to a kid or their kids or whoever after they wrong them? Then there's another side to that coin. And there is no doubt that my punishment is an extremely painful punishment. You also notice something else. If you split hairs in a beautiful way, when you look at these two ayat, the first one regarding the beautiful side of things has to do with Allah's nature. Allah emphasizes His nature that He is the most forgiving, the most merciful. And then for whoever really wants to go off the deep end and face the consequences, it's interesting that in the next ayah, there's a little bit more distance. So regarding the good side, Allah emphasizes who He is. But then regarding the justice side, regarding the consequences, Allah doesn't necessarily emphasize one of His names here. There's a little bit of distance and my punishment is extremely painful. We ask Allah to protect us from that. And we ask Allah to grant us His favor in this life and the next. The third and final point that I want to mention. When we proceed to Surah An-Nahl, there's this very famous ayah, ayah 90, in which Allah Azza wa Jal really emphasizes His justice. إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَأْمُرُ بِالْعَدْلِ وَالْإِحْسَانِ وَإِيْتَاءِ ذِي الْقُرْبَةِ Until the end of the ayah. This ayah needs to always be juxtaposed just like the two ayahs from Surah Al-Hijr, to, to be compared, contrasted, there has to be this, this healthy juxtaposition between the justice and the mercy. Option one is always mercy, forgiveness, etc. But whoever doesn't care about that, not only regarding what's between them and Allah, but also what's between them and other people, between them and creation. The hadith of the bankrupt people, we, I think we know this hadith from the Prophet ﷺ. If you look at everything the Prophet mentioned regarding people, they do a lot of good, but then they show up on the Day of Judgment, they wrong this person, they wrong that person, they killed that person, they harmed that person, and then all of their deeds are taken and given to them to settle the debt they owe them in terms of deeds, they end up with nothing, they end up bankrupt, and then if, they're, if, they're still, if the debts are still not settled, they have nothing more good to give. So people give them their bad deeds and then they're dragged and they're thrown in the fire. The scary part about it is these people did good in Ramadan, outside of Ramadan, but they undid their own good deeds with their own bad deeds. So when we come across this ayah, yes, there's always the option one is always mercy, but there, there's this other option that's there. 
Allah is the most just. And Allah commands with justice and calls to justice. And this is the beauty of our deen. We have, we have both concepts interfused within our deen. We ask Allah to grant us balance. We ask Allah to help us to tread the middle path as best we can. Amin Rabbil Alameen. Wa akhir da'wan alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.